Welcome back. This is Become a Bat, a chronological look through Batman's history in Detective Comics and the mainline Batman issues starting from the beginning. We now return this episode with Detective Comics number 42 and the final story in Batman number one. And it's a good one too. Yes, both of them were really Really good this time. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't bored with either. Uh, Detective Comics had a really good, really good mystery. And then we got our Joker, our, our second Joker story for Batman number one. We're going to start off with Detective Comics number 42. Yep. Real quick before I get into it, because I'm going to describe the cover. Did you notice that this specific scan has like notes, like someone wrote in the actual comic book. They yeah. They put their name on the cover, which I thought was kind of cool. I did. It looks like Robert something. And then like there's one panel towards the end, which I'll wait to like discuss later because they almost misunderstood what was happening in the book. Mm. And then like the next page, what they wrote was invalidated. <laughs> so. All right. Cool. So Detective Comics number 42, The Case of the Prophetic Pictures. This is from August 1940. Art by Bob Kane and Jerry Robinson. Written by Bill Finger. So the cover of this one's pretty cool. It's it's a bright yellow cover. I think Batman comics and Detective Comics tend to have a lot of bright yellow with a big red banner for Detective Comics. And then you got this shape of Batman with his face and in the background just sort of like looming over the foreground and in the foreground you have Robin running and tackling a guy at his knees. And the guy's falling backwards, his hat's falling off, his tie's flowing up in there, and then his gun is flying out of his hand. Yeah, the way Batman's situated, it's very much like the uh, the Mad Monk cover. Yeah, it is very much like that cover. I love how on the upper left-hand corner, it still says the Batman, and it's got a picture of, like, the first appearance Batman, like, with the complete different look with the huge ears and everything. Yeah, you could see just the difference a year makes. Yeah. Between the two of those little snapshots there. Yeah. The artwork in these issues, like specifically this one, I guess not Batman number one, but it's starting to look a little bit Dick Sprang-ish already. Like it's getting a little more defined. Like the proportions are a little bit bigger. People are smiling more. I'm really, really excited to get to the point where the artist switches again. So we can yep. kind of discuss the nuances of the new artist. Issues are still 10 cents. Yeah. Not bad. This would be a really expensive book if you could find a copy of it nowadays. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into the synopsis here. Bruce attends a party at the home of a rich socialite named Mr. Wiley. Wiley is throwing a party to show off to his friends, an artist named Antop, that he discovered while traveling in Europe. Bruce arrives at the party and wanders around the ballroom, playing up his aloof, lazy persona. Which, this is the first time we're really seeing that, but if you're familiar with Batman, you know that he's trying to be like the rich playboy millionaire. He must have worked really hard to get all the other rich Gotham socialites to think that he's so useless. <laughs> Pretty soon after arriving, he runs into Mr. Wiley himself. Wiley seems genuinely happy to see Bruce and tells him that he wants him to meet Antalm, whom he considers a true artistic genius. It seems that Wiley is dead set on having Antal paint portraits of all of his rich friends as a way of getting him faster widespread recognition. Suddenly, though, a red-haired man named Mikov spots Antal and threatens to kill him, saying that Antal supposedly killed his sister. Moments later, we find out that Mikov is another painter, actually, and his sister, who was in love with Antal, killed herself when he stopped loving her back. Bruce decides to take a stroll on the terrace and overhears an argument, one between Antal and Mr. Ryder. Mr. Ryder is yelling at Antal and telling him to stay away from his wife. Bruce remarks that Antal is quite the Casanova, and then leaves for the night, 
in the ensuing weeks, Antal's fame and recognition grow as he paints many portraits for Gotham's elite. One Mr. Vangild commissions a portrait by Antal, only to wake up one day with the knife sticking out right where his heart is from the portrait. He's confused and bewildered, but does nothing, and the next morning is found dead. Damn, that's gonna suck for him. In the same way that the portrait was injured, you know, the knife through his heart. Next, Carmen Lago, a famous opera singer, commissioned a portrait. This time, a dart is found in her portrait's neck. The very next day, while singing on stage, she chokes and reaches for her throat and falls to the ground. The proprietor of the opera house runs over to her and finds a small dart lodged in her neck, just like the portrait. Through the bad luck. The very next day, Mr. Warren finds his own portrait with a noose around its neck, which I have no fucking clue how you do that. How do you put a noose around a portrait's neck? Did he paint it or I don't know. maybe really just tell by looking at it? Maybe just glued it on. Yeah. <laughs> he flies into a panic and phones the police. The chief shows up and assumes... Actually, I think it's Commissioner Gordon that shows up. But you it was, it was Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, and they spelled Gordon right this time. Yeah. Um, he shows up and he assures Mr. Warren that he will not, that he, sorry, that he will not die, that he will have men stationed outside of the room and no harm will come to him. Back at Wayne Manor, Bruce suits up as Batman and heads to Warren's house to try to get to the bottom of the string of murders. Batman uses suction cups to scale the building and enter Warren's penthouse duplex. He climbs up through and into a window into the darkened room, but as soon as he enters, he finds Warren's body hanging from the ceiling. He was too late. Before he had a chance to inspect the scene of the crime, a group of policemen enter the locked room to check on Warren. Immediately, they notice the body hanging from the ceiling, as well as Batman. Accusations start flying, and Batman tries to defend himself and his actions. One of the cops even stands up for him. But before they realize what's happening, Batman jumps and grabs the chandelier. He swings hard and knocks both cops out with a well-placed kick, then lands at the top of the penthouse stairs. We do see how Batman just kind of confuses the cops. They don't know yes. one or the other at this point. It's it's not like an immediate, oh, shit. They're almost arguing amongst themselves, too, about whether he's a good or bad guy. Yeah. And then he just sort of, like, uses that as a distraction. Yep. And then knocks them both unconscious. Batman acts quickly and grabs a large vase and then bowls it down the staircase, knocking down a handful of cops as they try to pursue him. Then he quickly mounts the handrail and slides all the way down to the bottom, leaping off at the last second and delivering a crushing dropkick to the remaining cops. Then he takes an elevator that we don't see to the bottom floor and sprints out of the building and into his car and takes off into the night. A few days later, as Bruce sits at the police precinct chatting with his good friend Commissioner Gordon, Antal bursts in begging for help. He claims that people are canceling all their portrait sessions because they think that if he paints them, then they will get murdered. Gordon tells Antal that someone is trying to ruin him and asks if he has any enemies. Antal mentions Mikoff, Drake, and his recently fired agent. Apparently he has a lot of enemies. I wonder if he if he had started painting, like, buildings, would, uh, would the murder start blowing up buildings? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, actually, we know. Just then, Mr. Wiley bursts in, too. He tells Gordon that he discovered his portrait full of bullet holes, but told nobody about it. Later that night, the killer showed up, and they had a tussle. He got shot in the arm, but survived somehow. He's certain that the killer will return to finish the job. Gordon tells him to return home, and that he will post guards outside his room so that nobody can get in. These cops are pretty terrible. They're just like, we're going to post cops outside your room, and nobody will kill you. And nope. then they get killed. This happened in the Joker issues, too. Another person bursts into the office. So there's three people bursting into the office. 
This time it's Mr. Travers, who claims to have found an arrow in his portrait. Gordon starts to tell him the same old spiel, but Travers cuts him off and says that he will be leaving on his friend's yacht. That way, for sure, nothing will happen to him if the killer is looking for him. Back at Wayne Manor, Batman assigns Robin to watch over Travers on the yacht while he does some of his investigation into some bank statements. Robin pilots the boat towards the yacht, slowly scales the side and creeps aboard. As soon as he sets foot on the dock, he sees a figure dressed sort of like death, like the Grim Reaper, holding a bow and arrow about to shoot Travers. So Robin acts fast and uses his sling to fire a steel ball at the costumed killer, who then turns around and engages him. He knocks an arrow and fires directly at Robin's head. Luckily, Robin is able to swerve and narrowly avoid it. The arrow misses, but it pins him to the wall by his cape. And Robin got there just in time. If he had hesitated... Right, right in the nick of time. But before Robin can tear free, the killer dives off the side of the boat and onto his own speedboat, waiting below, and takes off. Robin makes himself free and jumps off the boat, hoping to land right behind the killer, but just misses and hits the water instead. Well, it, it's not such a big deal, but I was I was looking closely at the art, and mm-hmm. there was no hole in Robin's uh, in his cape. In his cape, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, would he, would he have torn it off, pulled the arrow out? Uh, but it's fine. Yeah, that's true. That's a little little issue that they forgot to address. Over the next few days, Bruce sits for Antal and has a portrait done of himself. Throughout the whole process, he plays up the vain, aloof playboy persona that he will become to be known for. After bringing the finished portrait home and hanging it above the mantle, Bruce goes to bed. In the morning, he wakes up to his portrait having been riddled with bullet holes. Dick asks him what he's going to do to keep from getting shot in the head, to which he replies, nothing. I'm going to wait right here for the killer to show up. He's so cool. I know. That night, a shadowy figure creeps into the Wayne Manor through a window, sneaks up behind Bruce and puts a gun right to the back of his head and then fires point blank. To his surprise, though, Batman comes flying into the room from behind and knocks him off his feet with a powerful punch to the head. The killer tries to strangle Batman, but Batman gets the better of him and kicks him off and punches him into unconsciousness. He then reveals that the Bruce Wayne in the chair was actually a dummy being controlled by Dick who is much shorter than him. That way, when he sits inside the dummy, the killer shoots it in the head, and the bullet goes right over Dick's head. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, he had to have a lot of faith that uh, the killer wasn't going to point the gun down. Yeah, like, at his chest or Yeah, something. maybe, like, come in through the ceiling and, like, right. shoot directly down from the head. That's a good thing he had, like, a handgun and not, like, a Tommy gun. Yeah. This could have gone wrong in a lot of ways. Also, the killer lost a lot of imagination... Yeah, like when it came to Bruce, he wasn't planning to kill Bruce, but he's like, uh, I'll just shoot him a bunch. I'm just going to shoot him in the head from behind. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Also, I like that his chair, because you know, he's like a rich dude. You'd expect to have like these massive chair with some high back. Yeah, like, like a peacock chair or something. Or just short enough to where his head is like sticking up over the top of the chair. Yeah, well, it's, maybe it's kind of like how when uh, in movies they remove the uh, the headrest from cars. Yeah, so they can film from. That's kind of what it reminded me of, actually. Batman finally unmasks the killer, and it's none other than Mr. Wily, who had tried to avoid suspicion by shooting himself in the arm. Mr. Wily? Yeah. It turns out that Wily had been deeply in debt and had devised the whole scheme to get rich off the backs of his fellow socialites. But before Batman can arrest him and take him into police custody, Wily points his gun at his own head, screams that he is not going to be taken in by the police, and then pulls the trigger the end yeah the end for mr wiley for sure yeah that was pretty dark yeah yeah that that was a pretty dark ending you told me that there 
when you read this issue before I got to read it and you said that it had a very dark ending. So, yeah. so then I read it and then I, I remembered you told me it had a dark ending and I was, it took me like a moment to remember. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. The guy shooting himself in the head. That it's pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of Bruce Wayne's house too. Kind of rude. Yeah. Uh, now the police. Are I didn't even be, think about that. Yeah. The police are going to be all over Bruce Wayne's house. Yeah. And they're going to wonder, why do you have a dummy of yourself? Yeah. Why is there a dummy with a bullet hole in the head? Yeah. Yeah. He probably had to have Dick just take all the Batman stuff, mm-hmm. put it in the car and drive somewhere. But yeah. Luckily there's no <laughs> Batcave. It's just a box or like a, yeah, it's a yeah, I, box. I've imagined he just, well, I think he had a small room behind in the closet or something. Maybe he does now. Yeah. yeah. Initially he was just in a box. Yeah. I met, but I imagine it's enough to just stick in a box, but it is the first time we see Batman or Bruce doing the uh, the trick of having Bruce Wayne in one spot and oh, Batman in another. Batman in another. Yeah. So it's the first time we even had him to. I know. Have to try to evade suspicion. I wasn't even expecting that, honestly. Like it, it seems kind of obvious that that would be the case, but I just thought there was gonna be a dummy. Like I wasn't expecting Robin to be in the dummy. Actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I can tell you what the notes were that were written inside the. Oh yeah, the yeah. Margin of that panel. What it was is the scene where the killer sneaks into the room and you see the dummy and he's got a pipe and he's lighting a match. Like he's about to start smoking the pipe. And the note said, artist, don't have him lighting a match. It's a dummy. <laughs> and then like literally the next page, it's revealed that Dick is inside controlling the dummy. So like uh, he's doing that to make it look realistic and lifelike. Yeah, that's funny. Artist, comma. Yeah. And I keep going back to Lupin the Third. Mm. Bruce Wayne just happened to be able to get a realistic head of himself. I know one. Well, the guy didn't exactly like stare at it and then. Yeah, it, so. that's true. He did kind of. It's probably dark and yeah. Just expected Bruce Wayne to be there. Probably just like a mask that he repainted or something. This is also pretty significant. We see Bruce establishing that Playboy persona. Did I not say I called it in the last yeah. episode? That you did because in the last issue he was doing a little bit of something like that. Yeah. It's like, is this the start? Totally was. This this was definitely the start because even before that with uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne and, you know, hanging out with Commissioner Gordon way back in Detective like 27, he wasn't playing aloof. He just was playing ignorant of Batman and yeah. crime in general. I don't care about crime, whatever. I'll hang out with you, Gordon. But this time he was definitely playing up. He doesn't care. He's, he's lazy. Yeah. Also, Bruce Wayne in general... They do a lot to make sure that he himself isn't targeted by the rogues gallery a lot. Mm-hmm. It does still happen, but usually if a, if a rogues gallery targets or a rich person at Gotham, they usually kill him. It's pretty guaranteed. You'd think they would go after Bruce Wayne because he's supposed to be the richest of all. Yeah, I think he'd be a target more often, but yeah. I think maybe the, the Playboy persona just kind of has some effect to keep them off his radar to keep them off his radar maybe they just think bruce wayne's a total chad and they're just like screw that guy yeah maybe i always say that old these older comics remind me of the newer comics because for the most part i read the newer batman stuff like the silver and bronze and modern age before these although i did read some of these when i was younger but the panel that you picked here which you can describe in just a second that whole scene reminded me of all-star batman and robin like just how reckless and childish Batman's acting while he's like he's running around doing these things and like what, grinning and laughing about it and beating people up. There's like an immaturity to it. Yeah. Well, even in uh, like All Star Batman, you get the feeling that the other superheroes are kind of like tired of Batman's shit. Yeah. He's making them look bad. Like he acts all immature and childish and stuff, and he's like grinning and like you know being kind of an asshole. 
but you can tell that like that's a facade and that he's actually still like that scheming mastermind batman like yeah. the greatest detective he reads the room and decides the best course of action from there right even if it makes him look weird he is not afraid of looking weird mm-hmm. he dresses up as a bat and beats up criminals you want to talk about your the panel you picked because we actually picked, yeah we picked the same panel that's why yeah. i don't put a panel in here yeah so the panel that we both picked it's the one where Bruce he's he's fighting the two two guys were they cops I can't remember the, yeah these two guys are cops yeah okay so he's running for the two cops he punches both of them one of them says you can't do this the Batman says that's where you're wrong I am doing it yeah I specifically picked this one because it also reminded me of a panel from the first issue of Action Comics I think it's the the second story it's very similar where superman he's holding uh i think it's lois lane and he's leaping over a a wall a big brick wall and some soldiers who are shooting at him one yells stop the other one says you can't do this it's impossible and superman says thanks for letting me know <laughs> it's it's great maybe that would be a good idea for the name for your superman podcast you want to do the impossible the impossible because everything he does is impossible. Yeah, but it's got to be something that sounds like Superman. I know. I do. I, yeah. I look. I read. I looked through the first archive. I couldn't I find good. like all those original action comics yeah. after that. After I told you that, and I could not find. Yeah, anything I, that was like definitive, like that. I'm leaning towards finding some good quote from Man of Steel, maybe. Yeah, like from the movie or from like the, the John Byrne. The movie. The movie. You, I'm sure you can find something in there. Yeah. 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 We'll get to that. All right, any final thoughts on uh, this issue of Detective Comics? I like that scene where um, the guy's like, stay away from my wife because he thinks that Antal is going to like, I don't know, paint her portrait. But it makes it seem like he's a Casanova, like Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Also, Antal, that's a that's a name you don't hear anymore. Right. It seems like a golden age of Hollywood actor name, but he wouldn't have gone by that name. They would have given him a name like Bruce. You know, I think. It sounds very European. Maybe they wanted to give him like this scene with some kind of mystique to it. Like Rayla. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I didn't really, I mean, my main note was just like, Jesus, this is dark. Yeah. This is a dark issue. All right. I think we're going to wrap that issue there and we're going to take a brief break. And when we get back, we will move on to the final story in Batman number one. Stick around. Continuing on with Batman number one, this is the fourth story in it, uh, the final story in the issue. It's called The Joker Returns, art by Bob Kane and Jerry Robinson, written by Bill Finger. Uh, real quick before you get into it, in the little marquee description box at the top of the page, they refer to the Joker as the Harlequin of Hate which is great because they're they're trying to establish nicknames for all these Batman characters. And they do use that name later on in the Batman comics, but this is the first time it's ever said. Yeah, give them some of that uh, that flair. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's begin. So, mere days after being sent to prison, the Joker plots his escape. He pulls out a fake tooth from his mouth, which contains the ingredients to an explosive. He blows the wall, and he makes a run for it. Didn't he pull a two-part explosive out of his tooth on one of the other issues? Yeah, well, his only first, his only other issue so far. Yeah. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe they didn't see it the first time and the second time, so they just never realized how he did it. How many teeth does he have two-part explosive compounds in? He probably, at one point, replaced the tooth. Yeah. Maybe it's a crown, and he pulls, he mixes it, sticks it back in his mouth. Still, that's a similarity between Batman and the Joker at this point, that they both are chemists. They both yeah. know how to make cures or for things or yeah, gas. They both did like, it with a two-part compound. Comp yeah, they both use two-part compounds to blow things up. Continuing on. Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson hear the breaking news over the radio. The Joker makes his way to a cemetery in which he opens a gravestone to reveal his secret lab. I love that. The Joker goes back to his old tricks. He gets on the radio and he tells the people of Gotham. No, it's not Gotham Wait, yet. Did you just come up with that? The Joker goes back to his old tricks? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just something I wrote when I was writing this up. So he, he tells the people of the city, Manhattan, that he's going to kill police chief Chalmers at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so the police, they cordon off Chalmers at the station and... 10 o'clock hits and Chalmers gets a phone call and he picks it up and he falls over dead and his face bears the uncanny smile of the Joker. The police find a poison dart in his ear and determine that it had been shot out of the phone receiver and the vibrations of the phone must have blown it out uh, when the Joker had spoken out a secret kill word. So ridiculous. He like screamed into the phone and it's supposed to have created enough like pressure to shoot it or something. I think so. Maybe he said something with just enough vibration, like like our microphones, you know, they have yeah. pop filters on them. Right. So if we say something with like a P or a T. So we don't shoot poison darts into your earphones or yeah. into your ears. Yeah. Your you know, if you're listening to this, uh, probably take a second look at your headphones yeah. just in case. Man, I love that he has a cemetery, like a hideout underneath a gravestone in a cemetery. It's so cool. It is super cool. Another thing, you know, another thing that I literally just thought about, the Joker is technically a serial killer. He's not just a murderer because he kills people with the same MO. He always leaves people dead and then with the Joker smile. Yeah. That, that yeah. would make him a serial killer. Yeah, he's, he's probably the first serial killer in Batman. Yeah. I mean, otherwise... The other one, people kill specifically for, with a cause in mind. You know, they're usually yeah. just... Cause it's a distraction. like a passion killing to call you know rob a bank joker yeah. like a lot like he's still robbing people and killing and stealing stuff but a lot of these people he's just getting revenge and just killing to kill yeah it's for like trivial reasons yeah so the next day a famous painting is stolen from a gallery and replaced with the joker's calling card the gallery owner is found dead with the same deathly grin the Joker returns on the radio and announces that he's going to steal the Cleopatra necklace from the Drake Museum. Bruce Wayne listens to the announcement and vows that Batman will stop him. The police surround the necklace, and 8 o'clock strikes, and the Joker emerges from a mummy case, and he gasses up the museum. He takes out the cops, and he grabs the necklace, but just then, Batman appears. Batman and the Joker struggle fighting each other. The Joker eventually knocks Batman down, and he reaches for an axe that's hanging on the wall. He swings the axe down, but Batman rolls away just in the nick of time. Joker hears more police running up from down below, and he makes his escape. 
The police, they don't find Joker, but they see Batman. He's kind of unconscious. One of the cops, he's curious, and he decides, this is a good opportunity to uncover the man under the cowl. Mm. So he reaches for it, and then that's when Batman snaps up, and then he appears to jump out the window. So the cops look out, and what they don't realize is the Batman, he's swung up over and then onto the roof. Yeah. And that would be really hard to do. That would be a lot of, a lot of fine hand muscles, I think. Yeah. And then the, the momentum of the feet. So the police think that Batman got away and then they just give up their search. I just got to say, I never get sick of seeing Batman crash through windows. Because he doesn't just like jump out a window. He jumps through the glass and it shatters. Yeah. And then he swings up like the crow and lands on the top. Mm. Super cool. So word spreads about the failure of the police to do anything about the Joker. A reformer named Edgar Martin makes a grand speech about how the police have to do better about catching this dangerous criminal. This doesn't please the Joker, so he decides to give Martin a taste of his own medicine. That night, Joker announces that Edgar Martin will die at 9 o'clock. The cops surround Martin's home in order to protect him. Martin is very stressed out and worried. One of the cops tells him to relax, and he invites him to play some solitaire and get his mind off things. So Martin agrees, and he starts to shuffle the deck of cards, and one of the cards gives Martin a paper cut. Martin brushes it off, and he lays a card out, and it just happens to be the Joker card. He looks at the rest of the deck, and they're all Joker cards. At this point, he starts choking up, and then he falls over dead with the same Joker smile as the rest of the victims. One of the police officers determines that the card's sharp edges have Joker's poison on them. So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> like, where do you get a whole deck worth of Joker cards? You probably buy 52 decks of cards. He doesn't buy things, though. You think he went out and stole, stole 52 them. decks of either cards? Either that or he went to the factory where they were the cards. And yeah. either that or he bought the, he, he got the, the mold or however, <laughs> however they print the cards. He's probably printing them himself, especially if he needs them sharp. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah. you would have to have like a really fine edge to cut you. Yep. The next day, Bruce Wayne visits his old friend, Commissioner Gordon. And as I mentioned in the previous issue, they spelled Gordon right, that issue. This time, they spell it G-O-R-D-E-N. I'm just going to say Gordon. No. Gordon. Yeah. So Gordon tells Bruce that he fears that if he doesn't get the Joker soon, he's going to lose his job to the Batman. Bruce tells Gordon that, actually, you know what? That would be a great Elseworlds story. It, the, I've been getting a lot of like ideas for Elseworld stories. Yeah, Batman becomes the commissioner. Yeah. I, I don't, it wasn't Elseworlds, but it was mainline and during Rebirth where they made Commissioner Gordon Batman for a little while. When Yeah, uh, I remember that actually. Yeah, but I'm just imagining Batman dressed up in his full-blown Batman regalia just ordering the cops around. That would be funny. I had an idea for another Batman villain, like a brand new Batman villain. Mm. I can tell you what it's over. Yeah, let's, let's continue right on with this but. All right, so Bruce tells Gordon that he has an idea to get the Joker. Bruce proposes that they hype up a famous gem to get the Joker's attention and then trap him. Gordon agrees, and they get a newspaper to spread the word of the Fire Ruby. It does get the Joker's attention. He suspects that it's probably a trap, but he thinks the risk is worth it. Mm -hmm. Joker announces that he's going to steal the Fire Ruby at 9 o'clock. So Joker emerges from his secret cemetery laboratory and he sneaks onto the balcony window of the home of the owner of the fire ruby as he walks in the lights come on and the joker finds himself surrounded by the police the police warn joker that his gas won't work against them as they're all wearing gas masks 
Joker doesn't let that stop him. He simply pulls out a couple guns and he starts shooting them. <laughs> I love that scene too. Yeah. There's so many good scenes in this comic. Joker runs out onto the roof of the buildings and he's spotted by Robin, the boy wonder. Robin makes chase. They both leap across rooftops and then Joker does like a 180 and he knocks Robin down before he lands. Robin catches a flagpole and Joker runs down a fire escape. Joker looks up to find Robin on the flagpole and he decides to shoot the boy. But before he gets the shot in, Batman yells out and catches his attention. Joker tells Batman that he's going to shoot him in the head. But before he can, Robin gets his balance and then he jumps onto the Joker's shoulders. Batman runs up and he knocks Joker into the face. Did you realize what he says to him when he says that? What do you say? He says, when I'm through with you, you're going to look like the deuce. The deuce. Does that mean like I'm going to punch your face to shit? Is that a poop joke? It might be. I don't know. What you're going to look like number two. Well, that's still poop. Or the two card. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, it's he's referencing the two card, but I think he's also saying he's going to beat the crap out, beat the shit yeah, out of him. Yeah, he might be. Yeah. So anyways, Joker uh, gets punched in the face by Batman. And then Joker pulls, he tries to pull his knife out. And, well, he does pull a knife out and he tries to stab Batman. Batman and Joker, they struggle with each other. And then Joker ends up accidentally stabbing himself in the chest. Mm-hmm. Joker realizes what happened, and he laughs uncontrollably until he dies. Dies. A police officer walks by. He sees the situation. Batman and Robin, they flee. The police officer gets an ambulance, and the paramedic is shocked to find that the Joker isn't quite dead yet. The end. And how did he not die? Oh, you bet. I bet he had, like, a stack of playing cards right there, and the knife just went right into the deck of playing cards. It could have been that, or maybe he just... He did get stabbed, and he just wasn't quite dead. Maybe he laughed so hard that it that the knife couldn't penetrate fully. <laughs> I don't know. I'm leaning towards something biological with the Joker. Something about the way his body works and processes blood means he can he doesn't need as much blood as most people, so he could suffer a lot of blood loss. Or maybe his heart is three sizes too small. That could be it. I love the full deck of Joker cards. I thought that was so funny. There's a lot of really funny, like dark comedy in this issue. I really love Golden Age Joker. Like, yeah. A lot. He's so good. Yeah, they got Joker just right right from the beginning. Yeah. Some of the stories, they focus on Batman. Some of them focus on Robin. This story, Joker is the star. He definitely is. Yeah, he's smart. Like, he realizes that they set up a trap for him, but he still doesn't care. He still risks it all for the chance to get that jewel. He's he, kind of just like Batman in this story. Yeah, he can't help his nature. Yeah. Exactly. Batman can't help but brutalize people when he's trying to fight crime and arrest people. He always has to punch him in the face. He exactly. has to jump through windows. Yeah, even if it's not him, he's going to yeah. have his war to do it. For the most part, the issue does repeat a lot of the stuff that Joker did in his debut. He's he's still doing the uh, the radio, and uh, there's even, you know, a scene with the cards and kills more law enforcement. Yeah. So... I think that's cool, though. It makes it feel like a logical conclusion to the last issue where he's doing the exact same things. Yeah. You know, like he gets out of jail. And he's like, he's going to go right back to killing people. Yep. He starts like is the fir first story of Batman number one and he bookends it doing the same thing. This time he does die. I, I know I've heard that I think this is the one where they did intend for him to die and then making him come back to life or not dead. What might have been was like a last minute rewrite or something. It's a good thing they didn't kill him. Yeah. I got a couple observations. A lot more observations for this one than the last one, actually. Mm -hmm. So not only do they call him the Harlequin of Hate, but they also call him the Grim Jester, which the is Grim Jester, cool, and the Melancholy Clown. 
which I like all three of those. I can't even pick a favorite. Though. It does sound like they're coming up with as many nicknames as they can, seeing yeah. which one sticks. I like the Melancholy Clown because I've never even heard that one before. Yeah, I haven't either. I just didn't remember reading it, but I love his cemetery hideout thing. It reminds me of The Legend of Zelda because in a couple of those games, you have to push a headstone in the yeah. cemetery side to go down to get an item. I love how the callbacks to him going over the radio and saying people are going to die. I thought that was really funny in the first issue, so it's good to see it happen again. Also, he kills 12 people in this issue. Oh, you, you counted. Wow. I counted. Actually, he kills three people within two pages in the beginning of the book. We should do He's very like a death count for each issue. I was thinking that, too. Yeah, I, I need to go back and see how many people Batman's confirmed killed so far. Yeah, definitely we need to get a body count for Batman and a body count for the Joker. For sure. Yeah. If we're not going to do anybody else, at least do those two. Yeah. Um, I love the hiding in the, the mummy sarcophagus in the museum. Mm-hmm. That's just like, again, another episode of Scooby-Doo. I'm telling you, there's probably like a ton of references to Batman, early Batman comics in early Scooby-Doo. Oh, that Joker already did that also in his first issue with the... Uh, the suit in, of armor. And the suit of armor, yeah. Yeah, that also happens in Scooby-Doo with the Black Knight. Yeah. So I swear to you, like I know they're both owned by Warner Brothers, so there's got to be some correlation there. I think, well, yeah, they are owned by Warner Brothers, but they were both bought by them like decades later. Yes, that's true. So maybe yeah, it's just inspiration. It's just they, inspiration. Are, they are both like detective based. The fight between Batman and Joker was pretty desperate feeling. I really liked that sense of desperation. And it shows that the Joker is resourceful in the same way that Batman is. Like, yeah. remember that issue where Batman jumps in and with the wrench in his hand and the cloth and he shoves the cloth down and he shatters the dome? Joker has the same kind of quick thinking here. And know? I mean, Batman only won because two against one. He got lucky. Yeah, true. It would have been even if it wasn't for Robin there. Mm-hmm. Seeing the cops try to take Batman's mask off. Yeah, that's definitely a recurring thing. That yeah. even happens in the new movie. Like, Yeah, that was an awesome scene. I really love that scene in the movie. This scene here actually kind of gave me those vibes. You want to hear my Batman, my brand new Batman villain idea? Okay. He's called the Entrepreneur. The Entrepreneur. And what he does is he opens up shops across Gotham where he sells things that are clown related or things that are related to the number two or comically giant versions of small objects for the villains to buy. Or Oh. Right. So basically he sets up shop and gives them objects that they think they're going to use to catch Batman or kill Batman, but they're all defective. I like so he's that. setting them up for failure. Hmm. Yep. That's pretty neat. Yeah. There's a similar idea in uh, the show Gotham. It's not quite this specifically for Batman villains, but there is like a, it's practically like a Costco, but for bad guys there. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I just like the idea of like this guy setting up all these villains to fail constantly and yeah. laughing about it behind he, closed doors until they all come to get him because they realize that he's at fault. Yeah. Failure. Setting up his own repeat business. Yep. And he's just stealing their money. All right. So what's your uh, panel of the issue? So I actually picked two panels again. It looks like you kind of picked two as well. It's a sequence, but yeah. Yeah. I almost picked the sequence to this first part. So the first panel I picked, it says, The Mighty Batman is upon the surprised Joker before he can use his Venom gun. And then you have Batman, like, it almost looks like he's strangling the Joker, but he's actually tackling him towards a wall, and he's, like, holding one arm up in the air Mm -hmm. and then, like, pushing on his shoulder. And again, like, kind of like the cover to this issue, or to the last issue, the gun's, like, flying out of his hand and his hat's flying off. Yeah, he disarms the Joker. Yeah, literally disarmed him. And then he's saying, why don't you laugh now, Mr. Joker? Which I thought was funny because like a couple panels before, Joker goes, blah, 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 Mr. Batman. Yeah. Like, why are they always calling each other Mr.? 
there's a respect to it. And then I really, really, really love this panel. This is probably my favorite one if I had it's to pick a good one. one. Where Batman and Robin are like both super stern and grim looking and they're staring down at the Joker's apparent corpse. And Robin is saying, look, still grinning in death. And then Batman says, yes. And when the flesh is gone, the grinning skull will still carry the sign of the Joker into eternity. That is it's dark. That's, that's cool. Yeah, it reminds me of like the kind of dialogue that uh, Bird Warden and West have in the yeah. show, but just like way more dark. I love Smiling Joker. Like, he looks like he lived his life the way he wanted to. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's a grin just because he's got like a permanent grin. It looks like he's pleased with himself. He, If he had any last lines, he would have said, I would do it again. It makes me kind of appreciate Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker even more because... Maybe not his portrayal, but the way that he's written in that first movie, because he's got those like prosthetic cheeks, you know, and yeah. prosthetic chin. But if you look at the early Joker art, and especially like the Dick Sprang era Joker, it's literally exactly the same lines on his face. It mm-hmm. looks perfect. And then also the fact that he's laying on the ground dead, but he's still grinning. Like that's right yeah. out of the end of 1989 Batman. What's yours? All right. So mine is the, uh, it's two panels, but it's a, it's a sequence. They're right next to each other. It's the moment where the cops surround Joker with the gas masks on Mm -hmm. and Joker pulls out the two guns and starts shooting at them. (laughs) Uh, It's great. So it says, suddenly lights blaze on and the Joker is at last trapped. Put up your hands, Joker. We've got you now. Your gas gun won't do any. Why why did I make so small? Your gas gun won't do any good against our masks. Better give up. Oh, it's the cops in it. Yeah. Repeat your gas gun won't do any good against our masks better give up you just got more southern yeah i think i think that cop being southern would be funny but southern joker would he, be he moved to gotham from somewhere down south <laughs> yeah <laughs> the cunning joker swiftly drops to the floor blazing away if my joker venom don't get you bullets will yeah the dialogue is written kind of awkwardly but yeah it's such a funny scene like it's Feels way ahead of its time. Yeah, they like the cops felt so clever about oh, about gas mask. What are you going to do now? Shoot you? <laughs> yeah, duh. It's uh, <laughs> it's very it's in the same vein as the uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, it is. It's exactly yeah. like that. I didn't even think about that. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Even though they got the guns too, they could have just shot him. They they weren't even thinking about shooting him because they yeah. were so smug about it. Yeah, they're so proud of themselves. Yeah, that I. I like that he even, like, it's not even like he just, like, shoots them all. He, like, does, like, a lunge, like, Resident Evil. Yeah. Or Max Payne. Or Max Payne, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's a great, great two panels. Yeah. There's, like I said, there's just a lot of really funny, like, dark humor throughout this issue. If I had to, and I know I said that certain Batman volumes or covers are, like, my favorite, and I would like to own them, but if I had to only own one Batman book, I probably would want to own Batman number one, because everything in it is gold. Yeah, I don't Every think there's a single issue. So good. Even like, the one that's pretty much we is got to be a Detective Comics issue. Is the yeah. Monster Man is really, really good. Uh, maybe they, there's like a reprint or something that they did that's not thousands and thousands of dollars. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe like a reprint from the 70s or yeah, something. Yeah, that's but, what I mean. But like, like it's a yeah. dual single issue reprint instead of like being in a trade paperback. So maybe. I would like to have this book. It is a very yeah. good book. All right. Any final thoughts on the issue? Besides the fact that it's awesome. And I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to read old Golden Age Batman. Just pick up Batman number one. Yeah. The perfect yeah, you can just start right there. You'd yeah. be fine. Uh, you want to go over our next issues for the next episode? Yes. So next episode, we got two issues. Detective Comics number 43, The Case of the City of Terror. Mm-hmm. 
and Batman number two, story number one, the Joker meets the Catwoman. I'm pretty interested. Well, I don't really know what this city of terror one's going to be about besides Batman going to another city that's kind of crappy and trying to do his Batman thing. But I'm really interested in Joker meets the Catwoman because they already introduced Catwoman. You know, Mm -hmm. is this going to be the same Catwoman or is this going to be like, are they going to start giving her a costume, you know, like in this next one? Yeah. I don't know. Establish more about who she is. I haven't read it in at least 15 years. Yeah. So should be interesting. It's going to be fresh to me again. And is this the first one to feature two of Batman's rogues gallery in one story? It's got to be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Because so far he's killed them all or they do come back and they die next time. We haven't seen... Uh, return of Hugo Strange yet? Nope. But he was last swimming in the ocean, and uh, but still probably alive. So yeah, this is the first time we had two surviving Rogues Gallery. Yeah, meeting each other. I mean, this might be even like the birth of the Rogues Gallery. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. very possible. I'm psyched. I really like when the Batman villains interact when they're not just all by themselves. Yeah, like how I like when Batman and Robin interact, and it's not just Batman by himself. As I said earlier. Joker had the the card stacked against him with Batman fighting Batman and Robin. Did you just come up with that on your own again? I, I did. Yes. <laughs> also, so, Joker puns. This got a Joker book. We do. So this time, you know, he's gonna have Catwoman uh, join him against Batman, and we know Batman's got a thing for Catwoman, so that's yeah. gonna be difficult for. Uh, he's gonna be distracted. Maybe Joker will have a thing for Catwoman the way that Penguin does in Batman Returns. Mm, maybe. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how Joker interacts with it next time. All right. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you then. Peace.